tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Go! Swarm and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here too. Oh, that was so slow, bro. I don't. I don't. I don't know if XG is the one to criticize. That was a weird. Uh, good morning, Swarm. I gotta say, I, we had we have a bunch of coyotes out here. That's what yeah. they sound like when the sun goes down at night. It's kind of you doing good morning. Swarm. That's really rude, Johnny. That's really rude. <laughs> guys. Welcome to another episode of Tim Fall Hat. We appreciate you coming on. A uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I hope you guys. Uh, have a wonderful time, your family. Enjoy a little time off. Does this show ever stop? Nope, won't stop, can't stop, refuse to stop. Uh, we have a very, 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 um, very, very, very uh, touchy subjects, touchy subjects, dangerous conversations that we have here. Miriam, Hanine, and uh, Hibbler, come on, this, discuss the timeline of the George Floyd incident, and um, it's very compelling. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want to see me live or Xavier live, we're going to be in Calusa, California, and then Fresno, California, December 2nd and December 3rd. And then I'm going to be adding a, the last comedy chaos of the year, two shows, They'll, they'll be live in uh, at the Comedy Store. So just go to samjulie.com. Check it all out. Uh, I'm just going to do that. Rockman for premium content. Uh, Cash Daddy's Patreon. It's all there on samjulie.com. Or click the link below to my link tree. What's your guys' social media? XG marks the spot on all social media spots. XG marks the spot. Johnny. Uh, Johnny Woodard Twitter, Johnny A. Woodard on Instagram. All right, guys, uh, enjoy this episode. It's uh, We Go Deep, Homeboy. Damn, banger. Enjoy it. We Go Deep, Homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, these are the conversations we have here on Tim Fall Hat. Uh, I'm very excited to have this conversation. Uh, this next, uh, these guests have been on before. They've had a really popular episode, so excited to have them back. Have both of them back. Uh, he, man, he got huge applause uh, at the rec room in Huntington Beach. Damn, <laughs> damn! Please welcome Hibbler. Damn. Hey, Local thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me on, and thanks to Eddie for the recognition on stage. I think you shouted me out too, Sam. So I love you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having oh, me. Oh yeah, and then uh, you see her on the Union of the Unwanted all the time. She was on our show in the past. I think it was uh, number three two two. She was on, so I'm very excited to have her back. Please welcome Miriam Hanin. How are you? I am so happy to be here with you all. 
Thank you. What episode it was that you were on about? I know. Um, was it the bees? Was that the bees? It, yeah, it might have been the bees episode. I know I was in Costa Rica. That's what I yes. know. Yes. Yes. Parts unknown. Places unknown. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this is a very interesting episode. I'm excited to do it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to discuss the whole thing about George Floyd and what is that whole uh, situation. Now, I don't know how deep we're going to go into George Floyd or who George Floyd was or whatever it was. I, I, you know, for me, these conversations are very important. Um, I think anybody, you know, the whole thing, here's what I want to say. I don't know. Hitler's going to be having Hitler on. was always an interesting take, whether, uh, George Floyd is real or not, or whatever that is. I don't know. We'll have he's, that he's a real person. He's a real person. Okay. <laughs> you know, this conversation is not about that. And I just want to say something because I think it's very important that a lot of times people start to equate um, people questioning uh, George Floyd or questioning BLM as some kind of like disrespect to black people or the black community. And that's not this at all. Okay, uh, talking facts is not disrespectful. I also want to say that based on what is known about George Floyd, I also don't believe that somebody, especially like myself, who in the past has had, um, you know, uh, troubles with drugs, alcohol, bad decisions and all that stuff, warrants that they don't have the right to be a, live and be, be treated with respect. So that's not what this is about at all either. Okay, and we'll get into that whole part of discussion. So, uh, so guys, thank you for coming on. I know you guys have a movie coming out, and why don't we kick it off with the trailer, and then we can get your guys' a, a take on everything. Or would you like to say something real quick, anything about what I said, or you know, kind of set up the trailer? I I echo that that this is no means justifying someone's death or racism because this had nothing to do with race whatsoever. So. Yeah, that's a great uh, preface. <clears throat> All right, coming at you here. Just roll a the trailer. <laughs> roll the trailer. Here we go. La mumbo legal stuff. Right here. Freedom of speech. Don't touch me. I got this all on camera. Watch out. Don't touch me. Third precinct is up in flames. We begin with breaking news in South Minneapolis. Caught on tape, a black man pinned to the ground, later dying after a white officer kneeled on his neck. It started with a report of a forgery in progress and ended with Floyd's death. The situation has become volatile at the 3rd Police Precinct tonight. As police officers and protesters clash over a man's death. Miles from Minneapolis, anger, frustration pouring into the streets of America. I can't breathe! It all stems from this video. Officers involved have all been terminated. The death of George Floyd in real, real timeline. 
see your hands. Nice trailer, guys. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this audio-wise, we'll include a link to the trailer so you can watch it. Uh, I try to give you some of the writing that was on it, but, you know, I think you should watch it yourself. Guys, uh, that's a crazy trailer. There's a lot of stuff in there I, I hadn't seen. So where do you guys want to start? Mary, I want. I would like to start by saying that I understand that there is George Floyd fatigue and that people have moved on with the next shiny thing du jour. However, real investigations take time. And as a real journalist, not a parrot or a prostitute, unfortunately, I'd like to get on with my life as well. Uh, I'm writing a book and a documentary uh, for I think this is going to be a cult classic. I, I have vision and, and I believe that down the line, we are scribes as they are rewriting and vaporizing our history. So there might be people in the future that will want to know the truth. Now, with these psyops, with these false flags, you never, ever really know the truth. So I've tried as a journalist to bring receipts. I can, in the book, I'll only venture in the end to say what I believe based on two years of plus of investigations. This is the event that ushered in the color revolution. This is the event that brought us from virus to violence overnight and sowed um, manufactured race war. And so I believe that it was co-opted some people on one end will think that this is entirely fake and that George is still alive. On the other end is the belief that Benjamin Crump, who was the civil rights lawyer, ambulance chaser in this case, can pluck a story that there's no shortage to adopt. However, given that George Floyd said, I can't breathe 27 times, uh, literally on the heels of the next day, bringing a mask mandate where I wear my face diaper for 10 seconds. And what do I say? I can't fucking breathe. So I don't think that it's an accident. Um, but George did exist. There's so many things that are fascinating. And so I want to just set the stage on this film that it was really to illustrate a book. And I wanted to look what happened at 730 to 9.30 when he's proclaimed to be dead. And so because there was all this body-worn footage, I thought, well, let me buy it all. And I did as much as I could get all the exhibits, 200 exhibits to really scrutinize. And I've looked under every effing rock. 
so that I become an expert in George Perry Floyd, that I can understand. And that is really being an investigator. So I just want to put put that out there. And I'd like to just share also how I came across the Hibbler. And I, I didn't know uh, uh, who Sean was. The Hibbler. Like it. I, I've uh, I've inhaled everything regarding this um, um, information has disappeared in real time. So in yeah. the very beginning, when psychological operation came out, I used that as part of my research and then uh, used it as a springboard. And for so, those that don't know, psychological operation is my George Floyd depiction of that event on my rock fin. So she she saw it randomly. Go ahead. Sorry. Just so they know. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I saw it. And then I saw it again a year and a half later. And, and a lot of times I've gone over and I mean, I've seen this footage hundreds of times with volume, without volume, just even looking at periphery action because I'm I'm looking for a pattern it's pattern recognition so I I made the trailer and the person who made the trailer left to go uh, pluck weed and realized that this was too big of a project and then I I worked with Scott Armstrong who is on Union of the Unwanted and he helped me and then there was another gentleman I won't mention his name who sat on this for six months and when he gave it to me, the uh, the the audio wasn't even my narration wasn't even linked to the to the picture. So it was late at night, and I was watching psychological operation again. And I kept on telling God, like I need someone who knows this story's story because I can't school them because I'm deep in the bowels of George Floyd, and I need someone who actually knows how to edit and who is open-minded. And so late at night, it's like 1030. I'm like, maybe this guy. So I reached out to Sean, like really didn't expect even a response because he's already made a film on George Floyd, not knowing who he is, but loving the movie. And we spoke. And, and so that was in, in July. And I'm very grateful. And I believe that I was waiting for Sean. And I, I, I speak to him about, he's like my sacred calf because I've really enjoyed collaborating with him. So I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a grind. It's been a grind. But, you know, this is the first time I've really ever taken on something that wasn't my production, my vision, my brain. So it's a little difficult. Um, not difficult, but it's a challenge in terms of like something new, taking something new on, which is great. It set me up for the future. If someone wants something done, it's very hard to find an editor or even an engineer or any, anyone that's, that's going to accept your your narrative and, and really work on it and be a part of it. I think some people get scared of these topics and yeah, I'm, fear, I'm, I'm fear I'm fearless with any topic because the truth is the truth. If someone gets offended, okay, well, I don't care. Go, go get your booster. I mean, that's, that's, that, those are the types of people to me that are going to get offended because if you like facts and the truth, this is what this, I made my psychology operation based off of George Soros, the black, the black lives matter, uh, funding George Soros, the movement, the free Masonic, um, uh, you know, symbolism involved in this Masonic, I call it a Masonic false flag. Um, but I went to the dark, deep rabbit hole of this conspiracy and just hammered it. Um, and you can see it from any angle. You can see this is a psyop. She's doing it. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is better for the, the broader audience, the, the, the people on the fence or the people that are unsure, because this is a real timeline. I mean, this is, 
we're showing you stuff that they've never shown you period you've never said oh i already saw that no you didn't guarantee you didn't because i when i did my psychological operation project i had looked at everything and anything i could possibly find for months and months and months and th this woman's like hey hi i'm Miriam. look at this shit and i'm like oh shit I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, how are you? How does this, how do you have this? And I'm like, let's do this. Because if people could see uh, what happened that day in the real timeline, meaning nothing's edited, nothing's taken out. Now the official story becomes bullshit, guys. It's that official narrative is so far. It's, it's worse than 9-11 to me, the official narrative. It's so bad that when you just dig a little bit into it, which most people won't do that. They like, like, ah, who knows what happened with George Floyd? It's like, yeah, just spend a day and research it a little bit and you'll be like, whoa, what the, none of this is what, what they told us. Um, so, you know, we all know about false flags on this show. Yeah. Um, so, well, a big thing that really inspired me to want to do this episode because Miriam had hit me up a couple times and I was going to do, but what really like sent me like full force into like, okay, let's do it. You know, um, is that, I saw Kanye West on Lex Friedman's show. Mm. And, you know, they were talking about George Floyd. And, you know, he's like, yeah, he OD'd. And Lex Friedman's like, well, I still believe it was, you know, knee to the neck. And I know that Lex Friedman has a black belt in jujitsu and most likely knows how chokes and all this stuff works. So, and I go, I mean, cause I was, I was watching that trial because it was getting fed to us, you know, to stir up emotions. And I remember when the coroner is going, if, if, and we'll get into this, but you know, coroner basically said he OD, he basically said he OD. And I thought that that should have been it right there. But what I started to see is, and I say this all the time to, uh, you know, Dana or Brian Callen or anyone I love that doesn't see it necessarily the way I do. Sometimes facts hurt. Facts hurt and they shouldn't hurt. They should never hurt. They should just be facts. And they should, you should go, here's a fact. How does that affect how I see it? And as especially somebody in our community, you should always be open to new facts that may come that may help you understand even more and maybe change a little bit of how you see. You have to always be open-minded to it. And on top of that, you have to be okay with being wrong. Totally. totally. I think if you sit in a place where you're always got to be right, you're going to find yourself ignoring facts that don't fit your narrative. Totally. Absolutely. I, I, I had the, uh joined um DocuLink. Well it's a it's a community for documentary filmmakers. Oh Miriam, yeah, what what do you got going on? Because they love Vanishing of the Bees to voting me off of their platform as a racist. Oh my God. When not, person, now you're a racist apparently. Yeah. I'm I'm a racist when Keith Ellison at the end of this went on 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes which has become the FU channel to say to the world this had nothing to do with racism oh yeah and by the way alexander kang is kind of black he's one of the officers a 26 year old rookie third day on the job uh, so like sean said there's not this is very matter of fact what are you gonna what are you gonna dispute and uh, 
doing the work, the, the, I posted it on looking for a distributor and they said, oh, well, we don't do conspiracy theories. And I'm like, oh yeah, take me on. Ask me whatever questions. What homework have you done? What receipts do you bring? So I'm bringing the receipts. Um, I even own George Floyd's debt, which I purchased from Cup Foods. I zelled them 20 bucks so that I can properly look at the the social security number. And the things that I have found, people are concerned for my safety, things that are not going to be in this documentary per se, but are going to be in the book, because again, this is supposed to illustrate and be indisputable. And as far as saying, you know, admitting to your faults, not I'm not led by ego. For instance, I suspected that Maurice Lester Hall, who was with George, I mean, first of all, he reads like a piece of okay. shit. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So let's, yeah. let's, let's get into the timeline because you're, yeah. you're bringing up stuff that we don't have any Okay. Understanding of what you're saying right here. So I don't know how much you want to discuss because we're going to include the link. So I'm sure people will run to uh, see what you're see this movie. So where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I would like to start as early as we can. And, and something that I've had discussions with, which was, uh, should we start the moment that the cops are called to him in the market, or should we start with with his relationship to Chauvin at a nightclub? Is that where we should start, or should we start with the day? Why don't we start May 6, 2019, when there's a sting operation that's being hid from the media that didn't come out during the trial, when George is arrested and does the same shit eerily similar mama swallows drugs this time it's it's oxycontin from the mexican cartel again but this time oxy and when the officer was brought to on behalf of the prosecution he says he's in he's in with um with ellison keith ellison the ag and uh steve schletcher which is one of the the process well they're both prosecutors and um says, okay, brings him into the office. Tell us about this case. It's a narcotics investigation. A thousand pills were seized. And uh, he's like, you mean a traffic stop? And the officer, Scott Creighton says, no, I mean a narcotics investigation. Oh, you mean a, a traffic stop? So when he learned, the prosecutors learned that this officer wasn't going to fudge and lie under oath, he then was bounced to be on the defense. So so on behalf of Derek, and they show in very little, they don't show the full arrest. But my point is, this was a sting operation. There was a motion by Alexander Kang, who's one of the officers, to look for anything regarding George Perry Floyd being an informant, whether for the MPD or whether to the FBI. So consider that when he spent five years for aggravated robbery, which, by the way, the woman wasn't pregnant. I haven't found anything in any case. But he does hold a gun against her her tummy or her side. And he spends five years. What if he was then uh, told to go to uh, Minneapolis? Now, I, I asked myself, Huh, I wonder if Minneapolis and Texas is a drug corridor. Oh, it is a drug corridor. So let's just say we start at that, at the possibility that this guy 
was in on some things. So what's the backdrop? A huge money laundering, drug, fake fentanyl cartel operations like the Ozarks on COVID. So I'm just, I'm starting with that. If you want to now speak about Derek and George, uh, we can speak about that. Well, there was a big thing that, Hibbler, you want to jump in? No, I was going to just agree with her, but, you know, for me, you know, editing her film, I've learned a lot of new things from my research, but for me, I mean, I might be in my own boat with this. I don't, I feel like they are, everyone involved that day knew that day was going to happen um, one way or the other. Um, I don't think, and there are some, I think there are some characters in this that maybe were innocent bystanders that just, you know, you have to have those sometimes. Um, but it, it just, it feels like from, I, I don't, I don't want to give too many spoilers of the film, but it's, it's one of those things where when you see that the real timeline, then you're, you can decide what's going on. And when you see how they're acting before they got there during and after, um, and it's just even scope in the street before they go in. I mean, all the official story, what was the official story, Miriam, that they bumped into each to one another, right? Uh, George and, and Maurice, right? And Shawanda. That they and all Shawanda. Yeah. So the, the two uh you know side side characters and and that were around george that that day um you know the official story is that they bumped they just randomly bumped into one another i mean they pulled up together and they're scoping the street going back in the car dancing the fuck is going on i mean again when you see the timeline that's why this isn't this this film's not going to be some conspiracy you know or, or even speculation like i'll admit cyclos operation i do speculate sometimes i think it's healthy okay especially with the world we live in and then the freemasonic and all these false flags all this shit you're like wait let me look at it from this angle oh that works let me tell everybody that this works this way but it's still speculative this is not this is this is factual because you're going to be able to determine the same thing that we do with your own eyes you're going to see things that you've never seen before and you're going to know right away especially the people that watch this show that okay now this entire event is a complete psyop and then you can go from there because you're going to be able to get a chance to look at it raw in a sense you know okay so you're saying that they were all in on it so that's my opinion that's only my opinion so is derek is derek in jail in your opinion is derek in jail is he out of jail? well from the research i've done the guy that and and mariam you could disagree if if you feel that way um the guy guy that put the knee on his neck is not the same guy in court that's my opinion and i've done side-by-side photo comparisons uh forensics they're not the same person so all right let, it's like that, james that holmes all over again down man. the line james that is down the line i want to get yeah, yeah. i just want to do timeline for sure you want to comment i'd like to yes i'd like to comment that i i think that in these psyops of course you could argue they don't leave anything up to chance but i think it's more like reno 911 and there are maybe they've been placed there um, but they don't know the full scope, so they're compartmentalized, and I feel that that is true. And there's there's a difference between me giving a opinion, given I, I, I'm worthy of having an opinion, given all the research, and then the receipts that I can prove, um, which for like, for instance, what Sean is saying, that they did arrive there together. And the media said otherwise, and you could see clearly what the fuck are they doing scoping the street? Um, oh, this is where it's going to happen. Uh, what are they doing in the store for 15 minutes? Laughing uh, and smiling, like, you know, it's like they, yeah, know, they, like, they know something's about to go down. They know when you he, see. When he holds the banana up and um, who is he signaling to? 
and to know <laughs> that there's a cover. Sorry, go ahead. I know. I, I just want to say this yeah. in timelines real quick. So, yes. so here's my, so we find out that these two know each other, right? From the past. And the reason I bring that up is where does he get the, the fake money? Now, is that disputed whether he's trying to pass off fake money? No, it's not disputed. It's not disputed. And I'll address the George Derrick thing. One, I'll say that I haven't gone to Minneapolis for safety reasons, but I did, for instance, speak to many people and I posted on Craigslist. If anybody has information about Derek and George, literally in less than half an hour, both times the posts are taken down. Why? Um, I was I've been told by many involved in the scene that they knew each other on the non certified death certificate that I have from George. It's listed El Nuevo on his uh, work records, Derek, um, because they published a 79 page personnel file, the government to put regarding Derek. Now, Derek is kind of a ghost, meaning he he graduated as a uh, cop. I mean, as a cook, and he ended up being a cop. He also, people don't know that he was in the military. He was in Fort Benning, which is the school of Americas, but AKA the school of assassins. What the fuck is he doing there? Uh, and he was there supposedly for a short stint in 2004, which would mean he's an MPD officer by then. And he's also working for El Nuevo. And he goes by the warlord of Precinct 3. Someone... El, El Nuevo? What is El Nuevo? El Nuevo is the is the club where George and Derek ah, work. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. So so now early on you have uh David Pinney, a black guy who goes on CBS and says that these guys butted heads and that there was friction between them. Now, in less than 48 hours, he has to recant his uh, testimony. When I went to license the footage so I can see the full 50 minute interview because it was retracted, I therefore am not allowed to license it. Even though you can technically, this is evidence in a, in a way, this is testimony. So he recants and he says, this was, George Floyd was his boss. George Floyd is 6'6". Six, six. So he says, I mixed him up with someone else, which in itself is a racist comment. Oh, they all look the same. You don't know yeah, your yeah. boss? Right, That's right. BS. So uh, the, the story changed in increments, as we know, they do this slowly, slowly, and then it's, yes. different. it's different. So yeah, I think that they knew each other. It could have also been a personal hit. Let's say George Floyd, let's say he's out of a job, He's using, he was high, he had two overdoses in March 2020 alone before this happened. Uh, he So he was getting high on his own supply. If he becomes a loose end and he's going to snitch and he's going to blow the cover on this money laundering operation, El Nuevo had 16 cameras inside of the bar, of the club. But it all burned down because evidence, uh, the evidence room. So they, I feel that they burned like Ozarks on COVID. And, and we can go different ways as to, I would even go as far as to say that uh, maybe George knew that he was going to sacrifice himself only because of evidence that I found. Now, 
let me say this. Why did the Floyd family never retrieve George Floyd's belongings? Why did the Floyd family never meet with Teresa and Alvin, the roommates, and they never met with Maurice, who spent his last hours with their loved one? What? What? Doesn't make any sense, right? Let me ask you something. Is there any thought, any substance to the notion that they were laundry, they were laundering Chinese Confederate money out of that club? Yes. <sighs> yes. So in January, as Wuhan was uh, locking down uh, for the first time in history at the time, um, Minnesota intercepted $900,001 counterfeit bills. We never heard of that money. That money was coming from China. If you look at the fake fentanyl, because again, if anyone gave a shit about this black man's life, we would be looking at where does the fake money come from? Where do the fake drugs come from? But that has become a moot point. So I did a FOIA with Secret Service, which is the only uh, unit that should be handling fake money in any case, because you don't call the police and Cup Foods had a policy. So they send me a two-page memorandum. There were two $20 bills and there was also two $1 bills. The two $1 bills are not even mentioned in the memorandum and the Secret Service never even ventures to guess the source of where this money. It's not a big deal. What? Does it make sense, right? So in deconstructing a PSYOP, if you look at how I know I also joke when George is resisting, we all we all have had the talk of like you put your hands on the wheel, you don't you don't um, you don't give lip to the cops. Right. So George is on, on the floor and he's like, I need some water. And I joke, I said, would you like a menu, George? Would you like to order some food? What? You're being arrested, buddy. Yeah, I remember they're like, uh, do you want the air conditioner on? Do you want me to roll the window down? You know, it's weird for me, Miriam. I'll just attest to that. It's like for me, especially with Derek's arrival, when he finally showed up, it's like they were waiting for Derek. That's my opinion. But it's like, dude, you got this guy. He's not really even uh, resisting arrest. Uh, maybe he used a fake bill. Maybe he didn't. Um, but the the way they tried to take him out of the car, that, to me, it was like a movie, their movie. It was a bad one, though. But it was like they were waiting for Derek to show up and, and like they were holding George. It's like from afar, it's like they're just holding George. Like they're just going back and forth. George's like, I'm a real good guy. And they're like, yeah, but you're not. No, but I'm a good guy. Uh, 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 guy. Uh, th yeah, they're just going back and forth for like 15 minutes waiting for Derek to show up. There's no, they're just going in and out of the car. They're like playing this game. None of that and everybody that's watching knows whether George is black, white, or brown, it doesn't matter. In that situation, that doesn't happen. Police right. don't do that. The police don't play games like that for that long, going in the car, out of the car, in the car, where are we going? It's like, a, it's like I can't wait for you guys to see this because it's like a game they're playing until Derek shows up. Then it's like action. And it's ridiculous when that happens. You see the way he walks up. It's a fucking action hero movie. None of this, in my opinion, was purely authentic. Random. Wasn't, no, the random. Narrative, wasn't the narrative that he was claustrophobic? That's why they kept getting him in and out of the and car. And he was just in his own car. He was just yeah. in his own car. How did and, he and never? And I, since when do the cops care that you're claustrophobic? You go into fucking jail. Actually, will they care that you're a little hot? You need the air conditioner on. You need the window rolled down. You need to maybe order some food before. Like, no, they're just going right. to do what they want.
Um, and the way they pulled him on the other side of the car when it was action time for me is the the smoking gun. It was like, here we go. And from what Mary, I don't know if you want to touch on this just because, yeah. you know, we like to get weird on this show. I mean, weren't they saying some shit like um, the they did they had a drill before that? Wasn't there some sort of drill in Minnesota before that? So I uh, I got a, a private investigator gave gave me 340 emails between the MPD and um, the government. And one of the characteristics that you look for is a training, is a similar training. So uh, I'll break this down as best I can. I haven't told the, any, anyone this, but I found oh, a training. I didn't mean to out you. Sorry. Oh, so <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, it's it's uh, new, fresh info. So on May 29th, there was scheduled a training day of a driving training day for the cops. Derek was on that list. Three lieutenants were on that list that ended up testifying against him. When I look to see who hosted the training, it's the Dakota Technical College. That's where Derek graduated and they do custom training. So I called, be like, what is a driving instructor? What's a training day? Nobody Nobody called me back. Then I look to see, what is this Dakota Technical College? Who sponsors? Oh, Ecolab. So ba basically, you can trace back Billy Boy Gates to Ecolab. And then Planned Parenthood also gives them money. And they were in charge of this training day that got canceled that I have no idea what on earth the possibly uh, they were training for. But that is a characteristic that you can look for when you're Maram, let me ask you something you 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 said that he was trained as an assassin no he went to fort benning which is the school of assassins it's called the school of americas there's been a lot of um, retaliation to shut this place down i did interview kathy o'brien in part of many people that i've interviewed including dea investigators and she said the School of Assassins did have MK Ultra type training. It's very secretive. Literal assassins, though, like it's not yes. just like your dig up, which is yeah. super interesting because one of the first episodes, he's no longer comes on the show, but Bishop Larry Gators yes. came on the show. And early on, he was talking about the thuggies and the cult of assassins when he brought up this whole thing. And as much as, you know, we're no, I mean, like he just went weird on us and that's yeah. his thing. It has nothing to do with us, but, you know, going on to George Floyd's tattoo on his chest, the right. position that, um, Derek the knee Schoen on the, the knee in. on the neck is Freemasonic. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. The knee on I, the neck. That's a Freemasonic symbolism. That's, that's that opens up a whole if you want to talk about that i know sean has a lot of things to say and i do too the the signature i see it as a signature like we were here the 33s the 66s the 88s the 17s they're all over there's all over and so when you start talking about um, a ritual a cornerstone ritual i want to bring up just in passing, there's a philosopher, Rene Girard, who talks about ritual sacrifice and the scapegoat. So the idea is to infuse all of this, like somehow 
We're going to do justice to the real cases of racism and police brutality and create a modern messiah, which is George Perry Floyd, who was a career criminal. That is indisputable. As far as the School of Assassins, I just pulled up one story, how U.S. School for Assassins trained tyrants in torture, murder, and dictatorship in a desperate bid to fight communism. So what is really going on there, um, again... Crazy. That is crazy. Crazy. So, you know, and you bring up like George Floyd. I think this is part of the cultural Marxism buck breaking of America. They're trying to break us and they're trying to make us think what it's like the hidden history, right? It's like what is up is really down. That's everything they do. So, you know, again, coming from a guy with drug and, and alcohol and sex addiction, I can't really judge anybody. Uh, but they take this guy that's very flaw very flawed and living in his vices and participating in some dark, dark, dark stuff, and they prop him up as a messiah in a weird yeah. way, to the point that he's having statues all over the place and it's it's it, it it's it's kind of par for the course of what um what what the elites like to do to us absolutely this inversion of of glorifying criminals and imprisoning god loving people because i have friends that are in jail that like mark grenon of genesis church for chlor donating chlorine dioxide two years no just rotting in jail so absolutely this this think of the overtone Overton window, like 20 years down, how this guy is literally being made into a modern messiah that if you go to Chicago, this is hallowed ground, you can't even walk on it, right? They've created their George Floyd square, they're creating murals, like to me, when the lightning struck that mural, someone's <laughs> like, what do you think of that? I, I said, there is a God. And if I have my way, lightning will strike again. Because this is absolute bullshit and this is nothing. Truth has no color. And the truth, like Sean said, has to rise. And what's going on, just even the masking of like, as you're masked, saying, I can't breathe. I can think about that. Think about how crazy that is. And what is that imbuing, Im imbuing into the, the collective? Wait, you sure it wasn't I can't choke? Right, <laughs> because he did say that he, in my opinion, George flubbed many of his lines. Um, it's hard to grasp exactly his role in this. If it was a sacrifice, if it was he's just getting paid, if he took a pill to make him unconscious for two hours because they knew that he'd be back to you know he'd come back, um, and he had to go through it so you could see he was scared the whole time because he kept yeah. even saying stuff like, "When is this going to go off on me? I'm scared as fuck, man. When is it going to go off on me? When is what yeah. going to go off on you? I thought you were getting arrested for bills." Like yeah. so if you listen to the exchange back and right. forth, it's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? So when I saw from her perspective and her timeline, I, I it just like, poof, I was like, okay, I knew it was a psyop, but now you're going to be able to see it. You're going to get the point. Like that's the point of the timeline type of documentary. Cause uh -huh. you get to, you get to hear them. You get to see it now. And so, the news is not going to cover it up anymore. We're sick of them. So, so the, you know, and this goes into a lot of stuff and we'll get into why they did this but so he goes i haven't seen the movie yet and we don't uh but there's there's a lot of walking around the store you're telling me 
Um, kind of weird that he's doing all this stuff. Are you saying the cops are already there? No. No, 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 no. no. It, was, it was the people he showed up with. So the official right. story was that they bumped into each other randomly, um, but they showed up together and they hung out for a while and they were laughing and they were pointing and before the event began. And this is something that the media, of course, kept away from you, because if you would have realized that to begin with, you would have been like, well, they told us something completely different, as always. Right. Go ahead, go ahead, Miriam. I, I, I was going to say that in. In recreating the 911 call, because there's a reason why no one's listened to the 911 call, and that's part of the cover-up that we'll, that we will expose. But if I looked at, so what's the average time that it takes for a 911, if they ever even show up? Like, I was accosted on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The cops didn't come after an hour. So the average time to show up is 10 to 16 minutes. These guys showed up in less than four minutes. And in reality, again, if you look at the very redacted police report and you listen to Tu Tao, who's the Asian officer's testimony with BCA, Derek and, and um, Tao, well, Derek wasn't even supposed to be at work that day. And supposedly they were sitting down for lunch. They take their lunch, I guess, at 7.30 at night. <laughs> Um, because I asked that, I asked that. I said, uh, lunch? That's what we call it, our shift. Okay. And so according to Thao, the backup, they were called, and then the backup 330, which is interesting, squad 330, is called and then canceled. And it's to Tao that says, let's go because they're rookies and they're in gangland. And so when I interviewed the police a woman who does police brutality activism and who's the one who told me that Derek is known as the warlord of precinct three she laughed that I that he said gang lang because he said she said everybody knows that the cops work with the bloods it's it's no it's no secret which is further I mean it's it's about taking all these details and creating yeah. a tapestry of truth maybe one detail by itself is just like you know i want to have a t-shirt that says details lives matter hello they they matter but when you put them all together and you construct this tapestry of truth as i call it then it becomes indisputable the shenanigans that are going on down to the fact of like oh if i were to ask you so who made the 911 call do you know no you wouldn't know because they hit it but yet, at the if you saw the Derek Chauvin trial, oh, the chokehold expert Donald Williams, who just happens to be on the street, uh, he's his nine one one call is leaked. Genevieve Hansen, the firefighter, who just happens to be on her day off, uh, her testimony, her nine one one call, but the actual nine one one call is never released. The, and then it's so convenient there happens to be a statute in Minnesota that will. You can't get the 911 call again uh, unless the person making it uh, allows the release. So, yeah, that that's that's also very indicative of the cover up that we're going to expose is looking at who made the 911 call and why. So that I didn't know that that's crazy. So. So all those people just happen to be there. Johnny and I have had a discussion. Johnny proved me wrong. But one thing I thought that was very interesting was that not a lot of people have masks on during this event. Uh, 
in your film, you see one guy with kind of the cover up, uh, which isn't the traditional face. Some, yeah, somebody I saw somebody with a gator, and then a few people with the like the normal medical masks. Is what I saw. Not a lot of masks there, which is kind the mask of- mandates were the day after. Yeah. Oh, really? they, they waited. They, they knew this was going to happen. After. They knew this was going to happen yeah. when it was going to happen. The next day, the mandate out, and they made sure that they had all the crisis actors come back and 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 cry in front of camera and have their face masks on. They were pushing it hard. They wanted every Black American because I think, in my opinion, they the, the system, the establishment knows that's the hardest to make do anything. And they're like, "How are we going to get all you know the African American community to not only wear masks but get vaccinated? How are we going to take over their mind?" Well. Typical. Do another Rodney King bullshit. Do something that's going to get them pissed off. Get them, get them pissed off. Get them pissed. And then you start seeing. Then you start. Then what? What what happens though? They start watching the news every day because of Floyd, right? Neon neck, and they're glued to the TV. And now, now here comes the rolling of everyone's wearing a face mask now, and they're like, "That's how you you regulate it in those communities." In my opinion, think about again if we break down a timeline. This happens in that evening. And Darnella Frazier, the Pulitzer Prize winning chick that captures this, is doing a live on Facebook, which, of course, has since been taken down. But she's saying how this is a murder. Now, think about how quickly things by noon of the next day, Jacob Fry, the Trudeau knockoff uh, mayor, is having a presser. Everyone on the steps of City Hall, they're all wearing face diapers. Every single last one of them. Yeah, that was the rollout. And remember the mayor's speech, uh, one of the first uh, times he uh, said anything in Minnesota. Uh, he, he's Not only is he saying kind of cryptic stuff, in my opinion, but he's reading from a script. You know, there is no words. There are there's no real heart involved here. This mayor was never like, oh, my God, this this guy got murdered. And he was look. you know, he's reading a script the whole time and completed his, his, to me. The mayor was done after that. that. That was it. He said his piece. He said, you know, I can't breathe. He did the whole marketing agenda and then he moved on. And that's all it took. That's all it took. You saw the, the rat, the rallies, the marches, the, the, the collective amount of people getting together for a man. They don't know who that is. They just know the news said that there was a racist cop that put a knee on his neck. But when you, if they really took a look at what happened that day, anyone takes a look at what happened that day. None of that happened in the, the way they said it. And that's the problem is that we, we wouldn't have had this reaction and and all this bullshit if they didn't spin it this way. We're just going to try to unspin it and show you the real timeline of it all. So then well, you can make your own mind up. This goes, in my humble opinion, all the way back to Obama phones and the role that Obama phones had. In my humble opinion, in all this is that, you know, again, I've talked about this on a bunch of podcasts recently. But if if you get something for free, you're the product okay and you're giving these low-income people free phones the product is their data your data you are you are getting a free service in exchange for your data and this data is studied and they figure out what upsets a certain demographic that gets these phones and this is what they found i obviously knew it from riots in the past but they really dialed this stuff up based on the data gotten from the phones, what upsets them, who upsets them, all this stuff, what they follow, who they follow, who's the influencers, all this stuff, all this data comes out. And as this is going on, we see that Black Lives Matter is co-opted and hijacked 
from Black Lives Matter 2, which is as well. Black Lives Matter 2, Black Lives Matter as well becomes Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And it's turned into a Marxist occult, you know, uh, organization which has ties to Act Blue. All the money that it raised goes right to Act Blue, which is a Democratic uh, fundraising organization. Another money laundering apparatus. One, the, the, this is before FTX. They do this every two years. So the question is, we have a big election coming in 2024. Look out for another fucking PSYOP that they're going to drop to get you to invest money in it so they can funnel it to the DNC and these rhinos. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think it's all a money laundering. You know, yesterday was the 59th anniversary of JFK. And thanks to George Floyd, I came across this book, which I recommend to every person. This is only $5,000 on Amazon. It's it's only 5,000. Only 5,000. You can get the paperback for only 1,000. However, I found the PDF. I'm going to offer it on my website, Miriam Hinane. But once you, these are the Intel script writers, Tavistock. And once you realize also there's, there were broad talking points with George Floyd. So in those emails between the government and the police, and you saw it also early on, like one of them was called the police on the police. That was one of them. This isn't going to be a uh, sprint. This is a marathon. So here you have in a document between the city and the police saying this, this is not going to be a sprint. This is going to be a marathon. How do you know that? It's May 26. How do you know? Now you have Donald Williams on CNN saying it's not going to be a it's not going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. Where did you get that talking point? They're given a piece of paper. These are your public talking points. Pick one. Run with it. That's what they do. You're um, totally right. These this is all think tank stuff. This is all all scripted. And in my opinion, the reason that they create these psyops, I'm not saying they all come from thin air or Soros's mind, but the reason that they create these psyops, in my opinion, is because they don't want to rely on you know because. They could probably rely on something like that really happening, right? Like, I mean, come on, this is America. There's racism all the time, unfortunately. But they don't want to bet on that. They don't want to risk that because then they don't have any cre- they don't have any control. They yeah. don't have any control of the players, the characters, the motive, the agenda, the witnesses, the the, the fake. So- like George Floyd, you guys know he had a son, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because if <laughs> if you ever actually watch his son speak. Um, it's, it's, he's the worst crisis actor of all time, in my opinion. And, um, uh, there's a, there's a scene where he was outside speaking. This was like a big face mask moment for the country because everyone behind Benjamin Crump and George Floyd's son was masked up. I can't breathe marketing. Everything was starting. And here's his son that comes out of nowhere. It looks nothing like him. And you got Benjamin Crump, who's an open public Freemason. He's not like a Freemason. No, he's a Freemason. And he uh, he's whispering in his son's ear on live TV what to say. Why? Why can't, if you're really George Floyd's son, then talk. Talk about your dad or tell everybody thanks for the support. Be a real human being like we would be if right. our if our father passed away and someone wanted the questions about it but th- this what, what, attorney is is hey say uh say it's uh, i'm really sad i'm really sad say um say blah, blah. you you see it you see it 
You see it. About that reminds me of Vegas shooting where it's like. Then we saw a car. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Moving right along. Moving right along. Um, actually, had something because I want to get more into the actual timeline of everything. What was your question? I was just going to say, which one out of all the hundred funerals did he talk at? Yeah, or the we'll get into that as well. But (laughs) the timeline. Who organized the funeral? Is that by Steven Jackson next year? (laughs) <laughs> the, the George is Steven Jackson. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, they do. Do they do look a lot alike? It is. Hey, striking. their nickname was exactly twins, alike. right? Wasn't their nicknames as friends the twins or twins? I, yeah, I guess I heard cousins. that. Can I? Can I? Can I ask something? Sorry, uh, really quickly. You, I, you know, I, I. It is striking what you said about. You can tell he kind of vacillates between acting, and then he seems to slowly become more alarmed. What? Who's what do you? Well, I'm sorry, George Floyd. George, George Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Oh. During the event, when we're watching him with the, the the knee on the neck, now was that part of the script for him? Do you think? I don't know, Miriam. You could. I, we might have different opinions, Miriam. But what's yours? I believe that they said they plucked him based on that sting operation and said, "You know what you did there, George? Do it again, but this time." say I can't breathe and it's like crying wolf and they know maybe not maybe at 20 I can't breathe or 27 it's going to be real whatever is in there there was a detective when who admitted testified that there's also undetectable things that could have been in in that uh, concoction so if they said we're going to immortalize you George. And if I have proof of hush money before George is dead, that I can't prove that no one could tell me what it is that I'm looking for. And I know I'm being a little bit vague, but it's it's something that shows that this could have been planned and could have been some hush money. So did he have to know that he was going to die? Um, I know that that I don't have a definitive. Um, I also it depends on the day. I, I find out new things every single day about this case. And I, I kid, kid you not. Um, so I, I believe that perhaps he was told that he was going to be, we're going to make you Rodney 2.0. Mm. I, I, and, I agree. I agree with that. I'm just going to add go one ahead, thing real ahead. quick is yeah. that I do think that George knew this day was coming. Um, I do think that he thought he was going to get maybe a better deal out of it. I don't know exactly the uh, scenario in terms of his death, if it was fake, if he took a pill to make him pass out. I I don't know. Or or if they just murdered him. I don't know. I I don't think as much as it sounds like it's the smoking gun of this, I don't think it's relevant in terms of proving that it's a psyop. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. I I just don't. For him, you know, what was it? Because it seems to me like he's disposable to them, right? Like, why not kill him? Yes, and I think yeah. listening to the conversation he was having with these officers, especially before Derek showed up, yeah. was so staged. It's like yeah. so staged. So he has to know something. I don't know if he knew that maybe he was going to die, but I, I can go as far as saying, in my opinion, yeah. hopefully Mary agrees, that knee to the neck is not what caused his death. It's not, it wasn't on purpose. Like I mean, in an accident, like, oh, we, we put our knee on his neck too long. Oh, the PSYOP got ruined. No, I think that was just a, uh, you know, to piss off the community, to piss off the audience. What is going on? How, why is no one stopping this? No one's stopping this. And these other cops were there to make sure that no one got too close because they needed to film this. They needed to really pull this off. And once you watch the timeline, you'll know like how easy this was to pull off, in my opinion. It wasn't so hard. He, he takes... So 
So he didn't take fentanyl, and you don't think he OD'd. Do you think he took fentanyl and OD'd? Yes, I do. I, I think that it's possible. I just, I look at it from a different perspective. You know how I am, Sam. I, I, I still look at it as, I mean, cause that's kind of, it's not that it's the official story of George per se, but it's anything that that's kind of an official narrative. I right. mean, cause drugs were involved in it. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, what about the baggie? Remember that, that video where the baggie falls out of his pocket yes. or what's in his mouth. Right. Uh, so there's a part where, there's debate whether he says I ate too many drugs yeah. or I didn't do no drugs. I didn't do any drugs. But yeah. but the 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 conversation that Sean is talking about. So he says he flubs his lines and he says, I can't choke. I can't breathe. And then he says, I'm scared as fuck. When I stop breathing, when I stop breathing, it's gonna go off on me, man. What's yeah. gonna go off on you? Your yeah, heart? What? Are you talking what? About? So, or maybe they gave him something saying, hey, you're going to live from this pill. Yeah. Take it. You'll have a little side effects and then you're just going to pass out. You're just going to pass out. You'll be, you'll wake up in three hours. Don't worry. We've tried. These are trialed. You know, you're going to wake up in three hours. And I think, again, this is just my opinion from what I see my eyes. You guys are all going to probably have your own because it's the real timeline. So for me, it was like, all right, he was getting scared towards that first hour. Like it already settled in a system. And, uh, you know, he's just, you could tell by the way he's speaking, like, it's going to go off on me. Like, I'm, I'm scared as fuck. What, when is this going to happen? I can't choke. Oh shit. I mean, I can't breathe. He's fucking his lines up. He doesn't know what, what's going to happen. And then uh, for me, Derek's putting his knee on his neck for so long. Again, my opinion, they're just waiting for that medicine or whatever they gave him to finally make him go unconscious. So then they could flip him over, throw him in the ambulance and the events over. That's it. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. And plus they're pissing everyone off that's watching because no one's moving this guy. To me, it was a perfect, perfect thing to do if they did that. Now they could have just killed him. Like Miriam says, they just murdered him. Okay. I I agree with that too. So I'm not against that. I just, I see it a little, a little differently. That's all. But what if he was supposed to wake up, but something fucked up and he didn't. So I want to say that I interviewed Chris yep. Martin, who's the boy who took the 20. Now, a good litmus test of whether you're in on the PSYOP is the, how much is your GoFundMe? Uh, Chris Martin did not make uh, mon- any money. He, I sensed, was a, a legitimate boy, uh, meaning he was authentic and soft-spoken. And he told me that when he was on the scene, when they left, he says everything that happened when they took him away was for show. And I'm going to trust that any one of us, including Chris Martin, would be able to tell when the spirit is snuffed out of a body. Now, in watching the video a bazillion times, there is a man off camera, a Middle Eastern man, who says he did already. Now, when you look at how they put him on as a like a sack of potatoes and then when you see these supposed EMT it's like they're put, they're trying to strap on the striker machine and it's like is this the first time you've ever used this machine this is ridiculous this is not an emergency and plus their EMT wasn't EMT necessarily they, these look like under like for me, they're just a couple extra masons. Then they threw the costume on and they just grabbed them, threw them in the back. These guys don't even look like they've ever done anything in an ambulance before. They they're not. They're grabbing him by his neck, pulling him on the thing. It completely goes against every. 
The police go against their standard ways, even their traditional modernized racist standard ways of some police. They still went against that even during this. And then the, the EMTs show up and they don't do anything that they're supposed to do. Right. It's like a bunch of actors. It's like right. a, just a world of fuckery with this one. Man. So I want to add one thing. When you talked about the training, I, I, I didn't mention this. For anyone, which is not a lot of people, who covered the federal trial. This is the federal trial of the three officers. There's no cameras. And I covered it. It was granular, meaning it seemed like the police manual, the 570-page manual, that was what was on the stand. They had this live scenario uh, woman who um, testified, and it seemed they said that they designed the duty to intervene exercise but they never played it out. I believe this is the duty to intervene. 3,000 bills in real life have been changed as a result of George Floyd. Now, another indicator that this was a duty, an exercise, is that typically you don't call firefighters, but it was established in the trial that when it comes to an exercise, then you can call not only EMS, but fire truck, the, the fire department. Now, there's a scene in the timeline where E-17 shows up and Thou goes to the, the fire truck, goes, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? And then when you go to 36th and Park to resuscitate George Floyd, why are you waiting for the fire truck? But they wait for E-17 to show up. Now, again, in the real world, one of the characteristics of a PSYOP is when it becomes a multi-jurisdictional <laughs> investigation. So if, God forbid, something were to happen to one of us, I can assure you that the FBI is not going to show up. But in this case, there were 44 FBI officers, 50 BCA officers, 400 witnesses, and a very shitty investigation nonetheless. Why? Jesus. So, so my biggest thing about the that he didn't die of the knee is because he's still talking the whole time until the very end. And if you choke somebody, I mean, you can't talk if you're being choked. You're like bruises, nothing, no, nothing. Sorry, he didn't, didn't, and he didn't pee. He didn't pee himself. If anyone remembers that puddle under the car, that wasn't urine. And he didn't. And if, if for anyone who remembers why his nose was bleeding, you ask, tell me, why did he hit his own face against the plexiglass twice? That was came out in court. Alexander testified that he's seeing this guy bash his face against the wall. Now, again, if there's compartmentalized and you're purposely putting rookies who don't know what the fuck is happening, but let's put them in on this live exercise, because we know, like Mike Pompeo said, we're in a live exercise. That's what he said during a presser. And I believe if you look at Billy Boy Gates's latest book, chapter seven is called Practice, Practice, Practice. There's a whole bunch of exercises and experiments that are going on. And guess who are the lab rats? We are. So, so I he dies, right? Everything starts to burn conveniently. The, the Minneapolis police station near the whole situation that gets burnt down. All of the evidence in there goes down with it. That's convenient. Um, the whole funeral thing, I I've never seen this. Like, that alone should let you know that this is not 
what they were telling you. A funeral tour? A tour of a funeral. I have words to say about this. Yeah, what, what would you like to say? One, let's also look at this is a part of stripping us of our death rituals. So while I had to bury my uncle via fucking Zoom, this guy had four funerals. Luckily, in Texas, you were allowed to gather. Very convenient that George comes from Texas, that you could have a super spreader event. Now, if I were to ask you, any of you, who organized the funerals? I don't know. Who. The United yeah, wow. States government. The United States government. Really? organized and, and this too i haven't shared but I, i'm bringing the receipts and i, I want to stay alive to be able to but you ask me why so when i was interviewing Teresa, i just interviewed her last week she was she was uh george's roommate and i said so did you meet the floyd family oh no there were celebrities at the uh, funeral i said do you think that shannon tatum took it out of the goodness of his heart to show up for a man he didn't know but it was a lockdown. He couldn't use that extra job. I said, the reason why you didn't meet them is because uh, Shannon got money. Ludacris got money. So that got her wheels turning. Oh, yeah, you're right. So once you start breaking it down in the real world, then it starts making sense. This is not real. Sure. It's the same. It's the same firm. That represents Al Sharpton and the woman who organized one of the people who organized the funeral. Her goal and her mission is to keep George Floyd in the headlines as long as possible. And so for the people who have fatigue, let me remind you, there's a tax evasion case that's going on for Derek, because, again, this is a money laundering tax uh, um, money laundering cartel operation the officers still haven't been sentenced maurice is in jail because i think he's uh, a loose end and that they're keeping him in jail and it was hinted to me by someone i later found out may not be uh, maybe counter intel pro hey miriam did you ever think that maybe uh, he was sent to jail because of your interview i happened to as fate would have it conduct a two-hour exclusive interview with Maurice Lester Hall, the man that was with George, the day, the second year anniversary of George's death. Literally the next day, a warrant is put on his, uh, he's arrested for outstanding warrants that date back to 2018 that the government promised to drop when they were going to make him the key witness, but then threw him under the bus because they can't have any semblance that there were drugs in their newfangled reality damn dude now what about the fact that the the coffin is shorter than george floyd yeah what about i mean yes i mean also in my recollection i don't know if this is a mandala effect but in my recollection sam this was a closed casket i know because i wondered whether they were going to open the casket there's one photo or maybe two of an open casket do you remember it being an open casket i do not see this is where i i'm off I, I this is where I don't benefit from not watching the news ever. Because you know, I've tried to just switch all that shit off and now I have no memory of any of these things. I <laughs> wish I wish I paid more attention now. 
honestly, to the George Floyd thing, just because. Well, was, and like that's why they do it that way, though, Johnny. It's a you brought up a good point. I mean, that's why they do it with these quick edits. You see the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and there's no journalism involved. There's no investigating no. involved. They're going to show you the knee. They're going to show you the Darnella with the camera phone. Oh, my God, he's dying. They're going to paint the picture, and they're going to show you the streets and the explosions and tell you to put your mask on. They were ready to – this was the – I mean, Kobe Kobe in the helicopter. It didn't really affect people like they thought. Here comes George Floyd. Thank here comes face mask. Exactly. Here comes lockdowns. They were putting – were, all cards are in, as we know. They, they showed all their cards the last couple of years to us so far, right? So they were going all in. And, you, you know, uh, I have a lot of African-American friends. Um, I'm born and raised in Chicago, still talk to them. And they're my, they're my homies for life. And they told me that the, there was no way they were going to sit there and lock down and, and listen to the news. The lockdowns, the face masks, they're like, fuck that. We're not, we ain't doing that in the hood. But George Floyd comes out. And now you can't go and protest. You can't go do stuff. You got to put it. They'll get you for a mask during those times in some states. They'll make sure. So they, they wanted to, in my opinion, they want to attack the black community with a psyop to get them pissed, to get them angry, to get them fighting, to get them in the streets all over something that never happened. Never happened. So no, I, um, I completely agree with all of it. And it's, again, it just it gets back to this, you know, especially the black community. They they culture is not your friend. It's just not your friend and what they promoted. I mean, you brought it up earlier, uh, Miriam, when you're like, you know, when you deal with the cops, you just shut up and do it. Well, is that? I mean, black culture. I mean, I, I remember walking one time on Hollywood Boulevard. I was right behind these two black chicks and the cops like, guys, keep moving. They're like, Sh-. the girl's like, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Uh, you guys said, uh, I'm like, I, I got no problems with anybody. And uh, like, again, why is that? Why is that? Why culture is not your friend? Why do we always see everything on the news is like the, these people getting lippy with the cops and all that stuff. You see all these rappers talking about having problems with the cops, but when they get arrested, they're all just listening quietly and being taken along. But in their songs, they're always about don't listen to the cops. Don't do what the cops tell you to do. Don't do all that shit. What is that about? Why is that being promoted in culture? And who's writing those lyrics in reality? And and this is not to justify, like, if you look at Minneapolis Police Department, it's full of fuckery. It's full of corruption. Minneapolis, Minnesota is so corrupt on so many levels, whether you're talking about a daycare scheme or a Wells Fargo for a, um, a mill um, with mortgages, like some some scam with that, like beyond and maybe all of the states i haven't looked at all of them but this one is brewing a black panther told me george floyd can kiss his black ass and he calls it murderopolis and mordor so it's unfortunately all the good cops have left like lieutenant kroll was a republican and this was a election year and it was a republican red police department not anymore not, not anymore. And people are too scared. You know, I spoke to one an attorney for George when George was was way younger, starting his uh, career criminal life. And he's like, um, you know, this is off the record, but this this had nothing to do with race. And I'm like, no shit, buddy. But you don't have the balls to come out and say that you don't have the balls to come out and stand for like, this is not racism. 
And somehow, if you say something, you're a racist, they made sure to tap into that collective wound. Now, let's say someone like Maurice or Chris Martin, I believe that they have experienced police brutality. I believe that they have experienced racism. And so therefore, it serves as a blind spot that they're not capable of seeing that this is not a racist event. Because Maurice right now is is in a race, I believe a racist system or a classist system that does not have his back, that does not encourage starting anew, because I agree, if you're on drugs doesn't mean you can't start fresh or rehabilitate. But all the Odds are against Maurice Lester Hall. And that makes my heart cry. When I know that CPS has taken away his son, that they've jabbed his son, and they are using charges so he will never get his son. And where the fuck are the people helping his black life? Where are they? Because when I called Benjamin Crump, he didn't return my calls. He doesn't give a shit. And it pisses me off. I actually have developed a relationship where I care about the guy. I know sometimes he's lying right in my face, but now he's pro se and he's facing, he's going to be sentenced in December and no one's coming to his uh, rescue or offering their help. Yeah, where's BLM? I thought they would maybe come help, no? Yeah. Well, I mean, that. Uh, but here's the only thing that I think we're at is that all of these these. Wherever we are, man, this is a spiritual war, and they've used so many of their tricks, and I think people are really awake to what they're doing. I, For whatever happened, man, uh, you know, whatever Trump represents, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Trump is walks on water or anything like that, whatever he may be. Um, something, something has woken people up to that the media is not our friends, uh, that they're lying to us. Uh, yes, a lot of people got the jab. Yes, Trump is a big part of pushing that, and we'll get into what Eddie Bravo thinks about that, which is warp speed and all that stuff. But in reality, I think people are, are awakened more and more, and people like you, Miriam, and you, Hibbler, you guys are the new media, in my humble opinion. You guys get way more traction than these 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 networks and any other time in history the last couple years these shootings that they had would be the biggest story everywhere and nobody's listening to it anymore more and more stuff's coming out in real time the media can't even get out the story out quick enough without it being debunked quickly by people like yourselves and to appoint this show you know so Plus, I, look, look at their YouTube stats, Sam. I mean, look at CNN and Fox. They're, they're, uh, most of their reports are 20,000, 30, 40, 50,000 people. That, they should be in, the, in 20, 30, 40 million people. This is the mainstream media. Nobody's watching anymore. Do you guys have cable at home? Do you have a cable package? Because I haven't had one of those in years, like a cable the TV thing, package. The only thing keeping them alive oh, is Tucker Carlson. Tucker, Tucker, Tucker works on YouTube still. Yeah, yeah and I, I question Tucker, too, yeah. you know. I'm not a Tucker guy, but what's really hurt them is Twitter and this push the bots being pushed out and whatever Elon's doing. I, again, I don't have any faith in him at, at he's sending all. Car, he's sending cars to space. That's what he does. He's sending cars to space. But it seems to be that there seems to be something going on in Twitter. And maybe it's a move before a move. But 
but they don't have that new arm of the new media, which which is to cut up Rachel Maddow clips or CNN clips and have their fake bots put it out to everybody. Those days seem to be coming to an end too. So people like yourself are are really pushing narrative. And again, man, this to me isn't meant to be uh, condemning of George Floyd. Uh, this is to talk about a timeline and a psyop that was used as a weapon of cultural Marxism to drive a wedge between us. And you think about how many people died during these riots. It's right. like 20 to 30. Right. People are no longer with us because of this one event. Right. And if you don't think that the government and the press is above this, look at the Gulf of Tonkin, look at that... Uh, um, that uh, uh, what's that scare in two thousand one? The uh, that the government did where uh, they were anthrax scare of twenty. Mm-hmm. Of I was like two thousand one. I was like uh, building seven. Yeah, yeah, but even but the anthrax scare where they're like, yeah. oh my god, all this yeah. is going on. Thanks, Fauci. Thanks. Yeah, I mean all this stuff. The government's above it. I mean, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, suddenly dead. That just came out, and that seems to be resonating with a lot of people on top of, you know, uh, uh, Hitler's COVID video. I mean, Fluvid-19, boy. Fluvid-19. People are waking up to it, and maybe it's not everybody, but even someone like Dana that I live with, she she just is like, she's very wary of everything they're saying. Now, she is retarded in that she leaves on the, the news the whole time. And I think that is a, that's like running. If you ran House of the Dragons twenty four seven, that would become a reality to you. Yeah, that would be a world, a real world to you because it would be always on. So that's when you run the news the whole time. Right, that's what's happening. Yeah, which as a journalist is difficult because people are like Miriam, you're in consuming a lot of negativity. I'm a fucking journalist for reals, yo. You don't need to do this, but I'm brought on shows so I can, and I this is my profession. So it comes at a price and we are the new media, but I would argue to say that people, uh, I can only speak for myself, like the amount of targeting and censorship, like Venmo, Vimeo, Twitter, Amazon, um, uh, GoFundMe, uh, PayPal, Chase Bank. It's, it's like even gifts and go. So I'm going to just stand. You got, you got canceled stand. from all of that, right? Yes, I've gotten canceled for all of it. The government has come after me, the FDA, the FTC, DOJ, as part of Operation Quack Hack that not enough people know, which was an operation to go after people who dare to use the word prevention or sell vitamins. So this is real. When you're a targeted individual, I want nothing else but to do my profession. I am a journalist and I love doing this. But I need to be supported. I raised a million dollars to make Vanishing of the Beast. And I've been struggling to make measly 15000 just to cover my expenses. So please support real journalism. I don't think people know the amount of work, the scrutiny to cross the T's and the I's and to be specific. I'm not dealing in vagueness. I'm dealing in specific and details, and it's only the people that are going to help me bring this to light because the government does not want this out. So I'm sorry to plug myself. Plug yourself. But I really, 
I really, I've done so many of these shows and it's like, I'm not asking, I'm not trying to get rich. I know there's plenty of influencers that are making 40 to 50 K a month and I'm not one of them. Um, so please, if you can share the gifts and go even $5, I tell people that in her six week lifespan, a honeybee will only produce a quarter of a teaspoon of honey. So the next time you look at a jar, every drop counts whether you think you're making a difference or not, we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. And we need to support truth. I agree more. I agree. Thank you. Sorry I for agree. my rant. No, this is a show of rants. Um, uh, you put a lot of work in, you put a lot of work and effort and in, in years of time into this. So, I mean, you know, oh, I, yeah. you know, from an audience perspective, it's like, oh yeah, new film, whatever. But it's like, hey, you know, this is, this is our life. This is what we do. And it's also one thing. Sorry, sorry. Just real quick. I and I, I want to commend you for your work because one thing people don't understand about journalism is it's your name. You're putting your name on this, you know. And, and when things are wrong, I mean, that's your name that that's being kind of drugged through the mud. So it's incredible. I remember that from when I was a journalist, it was incredibly stressful, you know, to 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 make sure that you got everything right. So yeah, if please help her out because. Damn, it's a hard job. And to be well, doing it on your own like this about things that nobody in the mainstream wants to support, uh, you know, the support really has to come from. I support you, Miriam. Yeah, thank you, Sean. And it makes a, a difference. I am really grateful to be collaborating with you. And, and I get, again, that people have fatigue. But if I'm, I'm enjoying doing this, it's been very taxing. And I want to move on to transhumanism and uh, medical freedom is, which is what I'm usually covering. Um, but but I, I want to finish. I'm not a giver upper. And it's unfortunate that real investigations take time. This Mick Justice bullshit is in fairy tale land. It's it's not real. And uh, the film for everybody listening, because I know we're running out of time. The film's um, going to be released January 15th. Is Emma all right, all right. Yeah. And Both. where are you releasing it, Miriam? Where, where are you? Uh, where are you premiering it, Miriam? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're still we're still going on. There. Right. We don't know that yet. No, because no, no. Sorry, right. I didn't know if you, it, if you had. Yeah, it. they took it down. Vimeo. I, I'm speaking to a couple of distributors. I was looked. I was told to look at Projector.com. I am looking at Rockfin, but I just don't think that it's a it's a very handsome. Um, I, I I'd like to put it on more than one. And I want to get it out there. So stay tuned. The best place is to go to GeorgeFloydDocumentary.com and uh, sign up. And we will let you know. But the, the slated release is MLK January 15th. And uh, yeah, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Johnny. And Zavi. Is it XG. Zavi? XG. Xavi, you good? Yeah. Zavi. What'd you say, Sean? XG. XG. Not to include him. <laughs> um there's also a website that my buddies run that is uh called my movieplus.com i'm talking to them next week they're your buddies yeah they're my friends oh please put in a word i i'm I trying will. to get a call put in that uh, word sam hook us up bro what's up i'll hook it Do up you know, oh you know jason rink yes i know jason well, i'm rink. speaking he, to jason show I'm and sorry. I know David Lugo. He he runs the website. I work with him on projects. So I'm speaking to Jason. I know because I saw that he was on your show, and I just saw his his film, which was very 
I just had a lot of compassion for the Q shaman, um, but I really enjoyed the film. So I'm I'm speaking to to them. Uh, this to Jason. is all cultural Marxism, but I think the thing is people are waking up to it. They're starting to realize that this is being done on purpose. Yeah. And this this you know my concern is as I'm watching you know that movie um dead suddenly or suddenly dead whichever one it is yeah um that you know they gave so much of these shots to our military if these people start to die off are we gonna have a military are they you know we have chinese secret police stations in america and all this i mean people i think are waking up to it more and more and more and as the mainstream media and dies off and you guys become the mainstream media and to fake it and try to make a fake like uh i don't know like independent journalism people are very 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 on alert for narratives that don't fit the truth and our our globalist talking points that you could lose your crowd very easily so it's interesting times for sure uh, this I'm excited. I hope your movie comes out sooner than later, and uh, I look forward to seeing all of the the um, footage that you have that that most people haven't seen. Thank you. I I'm very excited to to share this with the world. It's been it's been yeah two years. The book I've been working on. I mean I've been covering this for for almost three years. I've been working on the book for a year and a half, and the movie about a year. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 anxious to share it with the world. It's too bad that people are like, oh, this is passe, but it's not. And well, I think like with all mysteries, like whodunits, I grew up reading Alfred Hitchcock, Nancy Drew, that you get pulled in, and it's fascinating to see the truth. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's too old for. I mean, Candace only just released hers not too long ago, and it's doing pretty well. Yeah, and she wasn't making a film until someone brought her my trailer. And the next thing you know. Oh, oh. true. That's, that, that's a fact. That's that's facts though. That's facts. It's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I question anybody gets that big. There was a whole discussion about her husband's connection to Rothschild. So right. Pilgrim Society, look into it. Yeah, and she didn't uh <laughs> she missed a lot of things. So if if okay, you even I know if gatekeeping for sure, but if you even enjoyed that story even a little bit, uh, get <laughs> get ready because this isn't a, a this isn't an opinionated story. This is us allowing you to see this event the way that the news should have, and that's all of it, and in a way where it's it's pretty easy to see how fucking fake this is. And I want to I want to say like I'm I I watched um I watched um the biggest lie. Or I watched her movie mm -hmm. and uh, I did glean. I chose to not look at the sources of money for BLM. Jack Posobiec has a book on Antifa. There's more than enough literature and, and stuff out there. I am looking at, well, where did the money go for the Floyd family? So I'm not, I don't want to knock her project down. I, I just, I'm telling you a fact that uh, there was no documentary until it was brought to her and months later. So, it is what it is. I, I'm not a gatekeeper. And uh, you you can tell by looking at my Gibson Go page. Yeah. 
It's a good indication. I think in one in a world soon, people with the lowest followers and the the you know have been targeted the most. You know, it's like Andrew Tate. Do I fucking feel sorry for Andrew Tate? Get out of here. <laughs> I wish I had his following. No, I'm with you. you know, only fans. Okay, that's your that's your legacy, buddy. One more time, tell us where they can find each one of you, Miriam. You can find me on Miriam Hinane. Com. I'm BLady17 on Twitter, and you can check out George Floyd documentary. And I put the link for the it's give, send, go forward slash Miriam Hinane. Um, will you, if, if you, sh if you provide it, that's easier, or do you want me to spell out the name? I don't uh, I'll provide in the links below. All right. Thank you so much, Sean. Oh. Sean. Yeah, it's just good old me. So hilbertproductions.com or uh, right here on Rockfin, you know, rockfin.com slash hilbertproductions. I am going to have uh, my new podcast coming up fairly soon here. Once I wrap this up, that's my, um, I'm going to start getting shows done. I already got a guest list going. Sam, you're going to be on there. Maram, you're going to be on there too. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have a lot of good guests. So look out for the Hibbler effect as well on Rockfin. That'll be a kick-ass show. Xavier, you're not invited. Uh, everybody. Wait, no, no, no. When I say Sam, I mean the crew. Oh, snaps, everybody. You can't get, yeah. we can't get, we can't get weird. We can't get weird on my show without the crew. I need, oh, I need the crew. crew. Johnny, you coming. You got to tag along, Johnny. Got to tag along, Johnny, because you're going to be that. in my, you're going to be in my house now. You're going to be yeah, in my I'll house. That. I'll do that. You're in the house. Are you guys all in LA? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. My old stomping grounds. Oh, <laughs> the neighborhood. Jenny from I miss the Beachwood. I miss Beachwood. Was beautiful. I don't know if you live in Hollywood Hills. Yeah, we live near there. I'm only here for the weather. Uh, Xavier is uh, in the land of the Armenians. Yeah. All Armenians. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to see you in Calusa. Calusa. Yes. Calusa. Calusa Casino. And then at, in. Um, where else are we? We are right after that. Fresno. Where? Fresno. 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 Yeah, go check it out. SamTriplee.com. Go to events. Grab your tickets now. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Gratitude, gratitude. Real quick now before we go, a shout out to Swarm member and rapper Brett Reif. Sam really wanted you guys to hear this song called The Great Reset that Brett did. Check it out now. Happy Thanksgiving. Chance to reset the clock and build back better than before. It's called The Great Reset. An unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live. The great opportunity for reset. All elements of The Great Reset are fundamental to building the future we need. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. It's a big effort to, some would say, to build back better. We would say to really have a reason, great reset. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. The propaganda machine is pumping out lies about everything. The last two years it was COVID-19, and now it is Russia attacking Ukraine. But they've been at war since like 2014, back when the Bidens were laundering. People like George Soros are fun on both sides and the goalpost keeps moving every time that we go vote. The elections are stolen in both votes. Arson confess I got no floats. 
World Economic Forum has triple six in their logo. Yep, that's no joke. Now it cost me twice as much to fill up my truck than when we had Trump. I feel like we are in a funk. Government messages clear as mud. Inflation won't happen. It's just transitory. Who is the captain of this allegory? Sailing our ship off the edge of a quarry. Thirty trillion dollars in debt is a bigger number than one can concept. This is all part of the Great Reset. So now it is time for us to get prepped. Is the Great Reset coming to fruition? How do you want to be remembered? Did you stand up for what you believed in? Or did you cower down to the beast of the system? Is the Great Reset coming to fruition? How do you want to be remembered? Did you stand up for what you believed? In, or did he cower down to the beast of the system? It's psyops on psyops, we're spied on. They see all like nighthawks through the one eye, like cyclops using the big tech to hide thoughts. George Orwell did a nice job, he could do a mic drop. The new world order is here. The pandemic kicked it into gear to put all the people in fear and see who all adheres. It's all been a test for the last two years. They're not even quiet about it, they're out in the open, but no one will out them, so don't even doubt them. There's no way. Well, justice elites are above it. They just had another world government summit about to abandon the dollar. Babylon, the great could be falling, and we got a senile in office, but nobody comments. The freedom of press is a goner. They're setting us up for the mark of the beast, but I'll be a martyr before I concede. I get on my knees every day and I plead. Ask God to forgive me of my wicked deeds and think of now I live in his victory. He'll bring out the justice and set us all free and rid all the world of this evil we see. This the great reset Coming to fruition, how do you want to be remembered? Did you stand up for what you believed in? Or did you cower down to the beast of the system? Is the great reset coming to fruition? How do you want to be remembered? Did you stand up for what you believed in? Or did you cower down to to the beast of the system. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.